Hello, my name is Tamara Keith and I'm a paediatric trainee in London and I'm going to talk to you about bronchiolitis and pulmonary tuberculosis. This talk is based on the chapter of bronchiolitis and pulmonary tuberculosis from the book Training in Paediatrics, the Essential Curriculum by the Oxford University Press. To start with, we're going to talk about bronchiolitis. Bronchiolitis is acute viral lower respiratory tract infection associated with inflammation of the bronchioles. It mostly occurs in the age group of 2 to 12 months of age with an annual incidence of 11% in the under 1 year olds and 6% in the 1 to 2 years of age. The peak incidence is 2 to 8 months with 75% of cases occurring in less than 1 year. It occurs in winter, in temperate climes, and in the rainy season in the tropics. The most common pathogen causing bronchiolitis is respiratory syncytial virus, also known as RSV, and this is responsible for 75% of cases. Other causes include adenovirus, influenza, and parainfluenza. RSV is highly contagious and spread by contagion or droplet infection. Now we're going to talk about the pathophysiology of bronchiolitis. So the initial infection is confined to the upper respiratory tract, but spreads to the lower respiratory tract in 40%. Infection of the bronchiolar, respiratory and ciliated epithelial cells causes mucus secretion and cell death and cell sloughing. This is followed by lymphocytic infiltration and submucosal edema which leads to narrowing of the airways with ventilation perfusion mismatch and hypoxemia. This causes dynamic narrowing of the airways during expiration, which leads to air trapping and increased end expiratory lung volume with decreased lung compliance, which all adds to the increased work of breathing. Clinical features of bronchiolitis include coryza, low-grade fever, cough, decreased breathing as inflammation spreads to the lower respiratory tract and apneic episodes in those less than six weeks of age. Examination varies with severity but findings include a low-grade fever, hypoxemia, tachypnea with a respiratory rate of perhaps 50 to 60 breaths per minute, Signs of respiratory distress including nasal flaring, intercostal recession and cough and diffuse bilateral inspiratory crackles and expiratory wheeze. There may also be a palpable liver due to the hyperinflation depresses the diaphragm. Chest x-ray is often non-specific. It may show hyperinflation, patchy infiltration or focal atelectasis it's not routinely indicated. A nasopharyngeal aspirate is normally done and this is to test for RSV. This would be done in those that were hospitalised but bronchiolitis is often just managed at home. Pulse oximetry is also indicated to check for hypoxia. Risk factors for severe bronchiolitis would include infants of less than eight weeks of age, infants born less than 35 weeks gestation, 
those with chronic lung disease of prematurity, and those with congenital heart disease. Hospital admission is advisable if risk factors are present, saturations are less than 94% in air, or respiratory rate is over 60 with recession and poor feeding. Management of severe bronchiolitis includes oxygen, fluids, monitoring for apnea, nasal CPAP which reduces the work of breathing and aids oxygenation, and intubation in severely ill infants. This would be no normally required in less than 1% of those who get bronchiolitis. Infants should be isolated or cohorted and there's no evidence to support physiotherapy, steroids, bronchodilators or nebulised adrenaline. Complications include a titus media or secondary bacterial infection and antibiotics are indicated if the infant deteriorates with high fever, toxic appearance and loba infiltrates on chest x-ray. Recovery normally occurs in 7 to 10 days and there is an association of RSV bronchiolitis and subsequent wheezing illness. Prophylaxis against RSV bronchiolitis is given to those at-risk infants, for example chronic lung disease of prematurity on home oxygen. And the prophylaxis is something called palizumimab, which is a monoclonal antibody against RSV. Pulmonary TB remains one of the major illnesses afflicting children and an estimated 1 million new cases occurs annually worldwide. 60% of those are less than 5 years old. TB is acquired by inhalation of mycobacterium tuberculosis. Usually airborne mucus droplets from an adult with pulmonary TB. The TB bacilli multiply within the alveoli. It is important that there is a distinction between TB infection and TB disease. So tuberculous infection, there is a primary complex which consists of a local reaction in the lung parenchyma and an inflammatory action in the hyalur lymph nodes. The child is often asymptomatic and most have a normal chest x-ray. Tuberculin sensitivity develops over 3 to 12 weeks. Tuberculous disease is associated with early dissemination which leads to miliary TB or TB meningitis in 0.5 to 2% of infected children and pulmonary TB may develop. Enlarging lymph nodes can cause partial obstruction or erode through the bronchus infecting the lung parenchyma. Extrapulmonary disease can develop in approximately 30% of cases. So as we said, TB infection is often asymptomatic. There may be a transient fever with cough or malaise. Pulmonary TB disease, however, varies with symptoms. At school age, it's often clinically silent. Infants can have a cough, be short of breath or show failure to thrive. And adolescents may present with the classic features of TB being fever, weight loss, night sweats and a productive cough.
The diagnosis of TB is based on a positive tuberculin skin test, the MAN2 test, and chest X-ray changes, which may include hyalolymphadenopathy or segmental lesions. Definitive diagnosis requires histology or culture of mycobacterium tuberculosis, but is not needed to start treatment. Microbiological testing includes acid fast bacilli stain and culture, but sputum is rarely available in young children, so early morning gastric aspirates to capture sputum swallowed overnight is required. MAN2 test, the tuberculin skin sensitivity test, is made up of a purified protein derivative which is inoculated intradermally and read 48 to 72 hours after the intradermal injection and the area of induration, not erythema, is measured. A positive skin result is 15 millimetres of induration in an over four-year-old with no risk factors or 10 millimetres in a child less than four with a risk factor. Sensitivity is reduced in young or malnourished child or with HIV co-infection. Sensitivity takes up to 12 weeks to develop. So if you were exposed to TB only four weeks ago, you may have TB infection, but the MAN2 test can be negative. Diagnosis of TB in a child should precipitate contact tracing and screening. TB treatment for, TB, for children with TB disease includes two months of isoniazid, rifampicin, pyrazinamide, with or without ethambutol if isoniazid resistance is high, followed by four months of isoniazid and rifampicin. Chemoprophylaxis if given for infants exposed to a risk of infection or who have latent infection, and that is three months of isoniazid and rifampicin. I'm now going to talk about respiratory infection in the immunocompromised host. Pulmonary infection is a common presenting feature of immunodeficiency. Immunodeficiency is most commonly acquired due to myelosuppressive or immunosuppressive drugs. Primary immunodeficiency can be genetic, humoral or cellular immunity and includes illnesses such as SCID, X-linked agammaglobulinemia or combined variable immunodeficiency. Primary ciliary dyskinesia interferes with ciliary defence mechanisms. Clinical features of immunodeficiency include chronic cough, wheeze, recurrent pneumonia, bronchiectasis, recurrent sinus infection, respiratory infection with unusual pathogens, failure to thrive. There may also be a history of consanguinity or family history of immunodeficiency. It is essential before going down the route of diagnosing an immunodeficiency that cystic fibrosis is excluded. Management of immunodeficiency includes blood tests for full blood count, lymphocyte subsets, immunoglobulin levels and IgG subclasses. If the child is over 2, you can test for antibody levels of tetanus, Hib and pneumococcal as they will receive these vaccinations. Chest x-ray would also be indicated. Treatment depends on the cause, but may include IVIG, bone marrow transplant or prophylactic antibiotics.
We've covered quite a lot in that talk, but um, in summary, we've talked about bronchiolitis, which is an acute viral lower respiratory tract infection associated with the inflammation of the bronchioles, most commonly in those of less than one year of age. And we've covered pulmonary tuberculosis, which remains one of the major illnesses affecting children. This talk was based on the chapter Bronchiolitis and Pulmonary Tuberculosis from Training in Paediatrics, the Essential Curriculum by the Oxford University Press. Thank you very much.